What's going on, everybody? This is Brian Turner here, back with another episode of the No Stress Midwest podcast. Uh, we're here in season two, now episode two. Uh, it's still kind of crazy how fast we're, we're moving along through this, and we've got a really, really awesome guest lined up for today, uh, Miss Maddie Nolf. She is here. Uh, hi, Maddie. Hi, guys. Hello. You? Thank you for having me on. I'm awesome. No, Glad to be here. Thank you for uh, for being here. Um, Maddie is is someone who I met actually through uh, one of my friends um, from a C license course, and and Monica <laughs> is someone who kind of gave me the little push to get this season two going, and kind of evolved into an all female guest list. But uh, Monica, I actually don't even know how you and Monica know each other. I just know I was like, Monica, you're telling me I need women on, but I don't know which, I don't know that many. She's like, don't worry. Here I go. I got you. Soccer world is small. Yeah. So how do you know Monica, Maddie? How, how, how is that connection? Mons, she's awesome. She, um, runs a nonprofit football for the world. Um, she went to my high school, my former high school, Marion high school in Omaha, Nebraska. So, like, a little bit older than me, I never went to school with her, but my dad's on the board for football for the world, and he's always trying to connect me with these, you know, service trips that they're doing, and obviously, like I said, soccer world's small, so we, we know each other pretty well. I've actually tried to help her with some camps and different things, and she's always been looking out for me and trying to get me involved in um, giving back, which is super important, super important to me now as I get older, so... Um, but she's just a wonderful person and is heavily involved in just affecting people's lives through soccer, but for bigger purposes. So, um, that was a good connect. Monica's an awesome person. I'm glad that she got us together. So, so now she didn't coach you because she coaches at Marion. She wasn't your right. right? No. Yeah. We had a guy, Ed Dudley, who is like a legend at Marion. And then he kind of phased out. He's like, okay, it's not my time. And I'm glad that she took over because I think we do need alumni, you know, helping out. Yeah. I think she absolutely loves that job. You know, oh, if you're oh, the she, coach I at Marion, there's so much pride. Yeah. yeah. So it's great That's for the awesome. girls. All right. So, yeah. so Maddie, <laughs> uh, you play for the, the Utah Royals FC. Yes, sir. Um, before we get too far, you know, I don't want to get there yet. I want to kind of take it back a little bit we're going to start with little madeline okay so yes how did did little madeline get involved with soccer were was that your only sport were you someone that played every sport were you playing with the boys were you beating them up you know how what was going on (laughs) in nebraska nebraska um little madeline has uh three brothers so like all sports started in the backyard with me and believe it or not, I was like very shy. So like every sport that I eventually tried out for, like my dad was like giving me the push in the back to do it. And I didn't, I never wanted to do it. My brothers, like they did hockey, soccer, um, baseball, swimming, like everything. And so therefore I like followed them after they did their first year. So yeah. I try out for the soccer team. My, like I had been, like I said, playing in the backyard, but I didn't want to go my I, I get on the team and I make my dad like hold my hand every game like he's running out there like I don't touch the ball like I'm such a weenie I don't know what I was doing I was so shy and my dad's like hey I'm not gonna do it anymore like you can quit or like what and I was like can I keep the jersey he's like yep you can keep the jersey so I quit I quit my first year which is crazy to think 
And then the following year, um, I'm like, okay, I really want to do it. I'm still shy, but I'm like better about it. Cause like I love sports yeah. and I try out, I make the girls team. And then a week later they say the team folds. So I'm like, oh. I'm not, I'm crying. I'm like, I'm not going to play. Yeah. My dad's like, it's fine. Like, why don't you play on Daniel's team? This is my brother. That's one year older than me. Okay. And like, he took asked him, he's like, can Maddie try out on your team? Cause I, you know, it's a big deal. But, yeah. You know, brother and sister on the same team. He's like, yeah, absolutely. Show up at this little gym. And I have no idea where, like, some random part of Omaha and there's like a, a French coach and like we it's just like all Hispanics we have Indian like super like cross-cultural team mm -hmm. these kids were unbelievable like juggling to a thousand we're like three years old Jeez. and whatever but I make the team like yeah. I actually was pretty good and so I ended up playing on that team until I was in like eighth grade or something and then I secondary for them through high school but I was like super competitive, super fierce. Like I used to score a lot of goals, which is funny. Now I'm a defender, like low holding mid. Um, but I always just like had, I don't know, it's pretty athletic. I had like a knack for sports. And mm -hmm. then I, I did though, I played other sports besides soccer. So at that time, it wasn't my only thing. I ended up playing ice hockey. Similarly, my dad woke me up at five, forced me to go. I already knew how to skate. So I was like, oh, I love it. Like I'm actually yeah. good. So it was like that for every sport. I played baseball and swimming. I did track and I did cross country in high school. So I had like a wide range of sports, which I absolutely loved. I think they were so good for me, like to develop friendships, to develop my like coordination, mm -hmm. to like really decide what I wanted to do. You know, I know parents are crazy and it's hard not to be like a hovering parent because you want your kid to be successful. But my dad was just like, do whatever you want, but go super hard, like be passionate about it, love it. And like work so hard, so that's what I did. And then you know, I picked you soccer. Are. Like, yeah, I picked soccer all out. Eighth grade or like freshman year was like I stopped doing hockey, which I was really serious about too. I was like triple A. We had uh -huh. a really good team. And I was like, okay, I would rather. This is why I chose. Like, I think it would be so cool to be a women's soccer player instead of like hockey. Like, who watches women's hockey? Which I don't mean to put down women's hockey. I think right, for sure. But. In my mind, that little age, it's like, that's yeah. why it matters so much to have role models ahead of you. Mm -hmm. So I was like, people are going to watch. Like, I could go to the World Cup. I could this and Got that. TV so and I, all these people are going to see me and all this. And yeah. It's going to be so fun because people want, that's part of it as you get older, performing. Like, you work so hard to, mm -hmm. to on stage, do what you love and flow mm -hmm. and like have so much fun. So that's little me. That's all this crazy, happy. competitive brothers and that's how it happened now question for you sure. that team that folded did you get to keep the jersey did you get a jersey i did <laughs> it's huge i my dad has this little memory box of like all my old jerseys so we had like italia we had this little french um thing like we uh, had all these jerseys in but this girl team was just a massive purple i don't even know our team name but I still have that jersey, there so maybe go. I should pull that out. But there we go. <laughs> he did. That... I can't believe my dad let me keep it. I would have thrown it away yeah. if I was a parent. <laughs> well, I mean, after after you asked if you could keep the jersey when quitting the first time, <laughs> clearly that's important. So jersey, yeah, that's important yeah. to me. Apparently, <laughs> jerseys matter. I don't um, know why I loved it so much. So all right, so you brought us up to like eighth grade, and then you yes. went to Marion High School. Um, which is an, an all-female high school, correct or no? 
Correct. Yes. Correct. All girls. And uh, played soccer there. So from what I hear, and I know uh, we spoke about how we knew Monica, and from what I hear, they're really good now, and they've been good for a while. So how good were you when you were there? Was that before your time, or was – was it Maddie that put Marin on the map? Talk to me about no. uh, high school. <laughs> Definitely not me who put Marin on that map. Um, Marin is like always traditionally like done very well in the state tournament. We've I don't know how many championships. Lots of um, players win the Gatorade Player of the Year from Marion, which is the best mm-hmm. player in the state. So it's just like we win states. That's what we do. Um, but of course, it's high school. So like in relative perspective, like. I'm in a small state, you know, so that wasn't really like where you're going to get college looks or any of that stuff. So I knew that to me, high school, like nowadays, a lot of kids don't play high school because it's like, oh, I'm not going to be getting recruited or I'm not going to develop, which I I think you do need to put yourself in the best position to develop. But for me, it was so fun. And all my best friends, lots of girls from the, all the best clubs were on the team. So like we had a stacked team. We played like 5v5 every day. So it just – if you're going to do something all the time, like you got to love what you do. So, like, for me, like that fed the love of the game, having a short high school season. So it was awesome. Like, I think we won two national – or two two state champs while we were there, which was, like, so fun to do my sophomore and my senior year. And we were in the tournament every year. And we won so many games. And our our coach was, like – Ed was awesome. He was all about mentality and winning. So, like, if we were up by, like, four, like, it did not matter. It was all about, like, getting the next goal, like, like mercy rule. Like, that was kind of his mentality. And it was it was just fun for me. So, I'm, like, grateful that I went to Marion because it was such a sports school. The community was involved in it. Um, we had huge fan section for state tournament, which is – you don't think about it, but you might not even get that in college sometimes. So right. Yep. High school soccer was – wonderful and especially at Marion and I was just a part of that team and it was a lot of fun I I'm really grateful I got to do it so so you see Aria in the background a bit she's hopping up on the <laughs> she she's trying get to, in here <laughs> I have to remove, get your face I have a bell that she rings to go to the bathroom and I have oh, to move it during the podcast this time because she she will all the time and just I mean she'll ding it <laughs> um so dogs are funny that's cute (laughs) i understand that uh so (laughs) what now which did you feel had the biggest impact in getting you recruited for college and then which did you feel had the biggest impact in developing you to play in college high school club why great question i think the biggest impact for recruitment was a a cumulative thing in high school when not high school soccer it's at all but my club team I was on EGA Marcus Kelcher was our coach Mm -hmm. and he was awesome at providing me different opportunities especially from being like a small state he I I uh guest played for this team of his friend I think from Illinois I, I can't remember the team name but I went to some of their major tournaments they were two years older than me and they were like Tons of college coaches were there um, for recruitment showcasing, and that spoke um, well for me because I was playing up in like an area where there's just there's access to right. college coaches watching. And then um, 
I also would say ODP was a massive thing during my time, mm -hmm. just getting out there. So I tried out for ODP <sighs> when I was in eighth grade or, or a freshman. I can't remember the first time. And then I made that first regional team. And when I made the first regional team, they did a, a national team camp of 100 kids right away. And so I made that pool. And that was it. Like between all those things, like regional coaches watching you all the time. I did regional yep camp throughout high school and then being on national teams until U20 cycle basically it was like there's just so many coaches that can talk to other coaches and yeah. vouch and say this is a quality player so they can take me outside of the Nebraska pool and say like yeah she really stands up against other players and then yeah. also then they can see me Marcus did a great job of delegating and allowing me to go to these major tournaments as well as our team like surf cups and, and, and things like that so for me ODP national camp kind of guest playing, like just using my resources to the best of my ability to get out there was huge for college recruitment, just being seen. For but sure. yeah. So, well, and that looks differently nowadays. What? Well, it's, it's, it's interesting because you're, so uh, you're only the second, second person this season, but I had eight guests last season and you're probably the fourth person that mentioned ODP and being huge instrumental in, in cool. advancing their their recruitment, their placement, being seen by this, that, and the third. And I yeah. think that now, I mean, ODP gets, uh, a, I'm not going to say a bad rep, but it, it doesn't get yeah, it's not the that, same. It, that it was. And and I understand things have changed. You have DAs and, and then you have GAs right. and all the other letters of the alphabets put together <laughs> to, to make a league. Yeah. And, those so you know those top players kind of get filtered out but yeah. you know it's it's still very cool to see how instrumental that ODP was and hopefully Absolutely. try to find a way to get it back to to that point where it was yeah i think honestly just making it simple for college coaches like they want the gems the hidden gems but then the they're not like they don't have all the time in the world to just be like going to these small towns to find kids so being able to group kids and have everybody have the opportunity and then kind of filter out the wheat and see like from this, it's just so easy, like to have all the kids in one area to go to their games and yeah. stuff. So yeah, I, um, Joe Roth, Ross, Roth, he was instrumental because he was, he was on the ODP staff from Nebraska. And I remember him sitting down with me and my dad and, and talking about steps, like why ODP is important kind of helping me get a college um, development like process going. Mm -hmm. I just wanted to mention him because now that I think of it, he was so kind and he only did it. He was just, he ODP. That's what it was for the kids. It was, yeah. that's hard because every club, you know, you don't want to say that clubs are for themselves. Certainly like I had great club coaches, but it in a beast itself is a business. So they want their own kids yeah, and course, it's hard, course. but ODP really was helpful because, it's not fighting against clubs. It's simply just getting kids an Helping opportunity kids. to be yep. seen. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Agreed. So, and, yeah. and I've been, I've been with ODP for five years now in Kansas and okay. I've come That's in awesome. contact with some, some awesome kids. Um, ones that I saw back in seventh grade who are now like playing, uh, I see in high school, um, some that I've been Amazing. training since seventh grade and just to kind of see them develop and, you know, being invited to region camp and their excitement, like, yes. oh, God, coach, I, I got picked, you know, there's going to be so many good kids. What am I going to do? Uh, so, no, it's it, that's that's really yeah. cool. 
to see and to hear. Um, yeah, that was awesome. And then, and then real quick before we, we leave, what do you think helped you develop as a player yeah. best for calling? Right. ODP Club High School. I was going to say I was so blessed as a youngin with really different coaches, like non, like normal, <laughs> like they were just goofballs. Like um, I can't even remember this guy's name one of my first coaches, but I don't know what nationality was, but he just did, he loved the game. He did things differently. Um, then I had Johnny, who was like critical for my development for like eight or 10 years mm -hmm. when I was really little. And he would make us take our shoes off and hit long balls. And just when it snowed, it didn't matter. Like I remember a certain day, it was like literally a blizzard. Cars couldn't even barely get there. He's like, if the kids can come, have them come. And so we play like, you know, five aside in the snow, like up yeah. to our chest. We were little, you know, and then we went yeah. sledding, but he was developmentally. He was such a good coach because he understood the fundamentals. <clears throat> he really understood what the game was about. If you go like overseas, the game is so different than America, but I had those coaches that were so right. practical and technical. Like we were learning how to do bicycles when we were little, like, like not that that's critical to the game, but like sure. how we saw the game was so yeah. different. Yeah. And so I had a series of amazing coaches when I was little that focused on fundamentals. And I felt like that is critical. Like I definitely grew in high school, but only because I had these like really good, like fundamentals and skills from when I was young, like I was always on the ball. Right. Um, and so I feel like I developed my little toolbox pretty well so that when I got in high school, I could be creative and be on different teams. Yeah. And I think obviously being like playing on a boys team solely was a huge mm -hmm. piece of my success because like my dad always says like all boats rise with the tide like there was no option to just be like at the bottom of the team like I wouldn't be on the team because I was a girl so it was like yeah. I felt very much internally like I have to be the best on the team yeah. I cannot cry if I get pushed down I need to get up which I think everybody has a little bit of that in them but like it made it very important That's, to me like yeah, no, for every sure, yeah. You yeah, every practice, it was so important. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I was, like, trying to prove myself every single practice. So, like, I worked <clears> super hard and very diligently from a young age. And then I was kind of a step ahead of everybody. I played on a girls' team older than me. So, it was, like, I never saw my level. And that was right. helpful. It was just, like, here, here, here. And it gave me a lot of confidence internally. I was, like, if I'm doing this, no one else is like, I, I can accomplish these things. I never really thought like, Oh, I couldn't go to college or I couldn't make, I believe that about myself. I still do. Mm -hmm. And I think confidence is an important thing um, in a player and it helps drive you and keep moving forward instead of, Oh, maybe I'm not that good. And I'll just, whatever. I was like, no. Yeah. So I think really my youth development and just kind of out of luck, like I, I believe in God and I think that he, just like put me in the right situation um, at the right moments. Yep. And I had coaches that cared, like people that didn't make <clears throat> a dollar. Um, Wing Kwan was one, like he took over our team after um, we had Jason Mim or no, we had um, Johnny of and he coaches for a while. And then we had this guy, Wing Kwan. And I don't know how much he knew about soccer. He recently passed away. Um, but he like, he worked a full-time job and did not get paid to, to coach us. He didn't yeah. have a kid on the team. He just cared. Like practice was from five till sundown. 
Uh And that's what we did, you know? So I just, people poured into me. And I think that was huge in my ability to go play where I wanted to play in college. And then now going, going pro and just like provided me with a love for the game and fundamentals. So, yeah. yeah. And it sounds like from just from hearing, hearing you talk about it, all of your younger coaches um, as maybe non-traditional and different as they all were, they all had one thing in common, which was they made it fun for you. You had, it sounded yeah, like you absolutely. had fun learn. I mean, what, what four-year-old doesn't want to try to bike, bike the ball? Right. You no, know, like that's. Kids were just. You know, like, you're like, oh shoot, I'm about to backflip this thing. Yeah. Yo, watch out. Here we go. Exactly. And your mom's like, oh my God, I got to take him to the hospital. And you're yes. like, oh, it's okay, mom, all the kids, all the bros. I'm fine. All the bros do it. Yeah. Um, so no, that, that's cool. And I think that that's, that's such a, a big thing in youth sports and and i mean i say youth sports but in all things is yeah. it's got to be fun and if you're yeah. not having fun then what are, you what are you doing like and, and why are you doing it and yes i feel bad for people that say i don't know because <laughs> right like all right, a lot. yeah you know, that's cool um absolutely and but but that can be that's a conversation that can go on that will be when we get you back on for another episode, Maddie, okay? Uh-oh. Yeah, deal. We can talk more. <laughs> all right, okay. There's so much we can talk about. Um, but, yeah, so, all right, so you finished playing at Marion, graduated, yes, and then sir. you freaking go on to Penn State. So I knew that the, the women's pro – I knew that the women's program there was good, but – when I like looked it up at the the time you were there, man, there was a, a lot of winning um, that was going on, uh, including yes. the national tournament, which yes. a lot of people, most people don't get to say they even participated in. Right. Um, so talk to me about your time that you were there. Uh, what were some of the highs? What were some of the lows? What were some of the in-betweens? And we can kind of go yeah. from this could be a long conversation. I'll try to, uh-huh. we'll see where we go. You distract me, but, okay. oh, I love Penn State. I'm obviously living here now in the college town. I met my husband here. He's a wrestler, so I'm tied to the community still. And a big part of why I picked it was because I felt like it was family-oriented. The coaches mm-hmm. had the best in mind for the players, you know, because you just, you never know what's going to happen in your career. What if I get injured and I'm not even playing? I'm, I'm here. So it's like, what kind of people are the coaches and um, what is the community like here? And it speaks highly of them because now when I come back as a pro, my coach is willing to train me, you know, like I have access to all the facilities. They care about me. They care about my goals, my development. And that was evident from day one, but it's more evident now on the backside, which is kind of cool. Um, But like you said, yeah, we did a lot of winning, which was so fun. I, we had amazing, um, coaches erica walsh ann cook kara lowry and tim wassel they're they're a pack they you can't say one without the other i think they rely on each other very well mm-hmm. coach and our assistant coach were best friends from college mm-hmm. so they have that um bond and yeah. i think they just put in so many hours so absolutely love the staff love the program knew that they i could accomplish my goals for them so wanted to be on the national team wanted to win a national championship obviously coach has as coach with the national team is back coaching with the national team a little bit here too so feel like 
I could develop as an individual to the best of my abilities here. Um, freshman year got thrown in, started playing right away, which was awesome. And they had openings and like just great leaders ahead of me. Um, obviously sophomore year we won. That's when we won our national championship, which is funny. Cause like when you're a kid, you don't actually understand like, Oh, every game matters or how yeah. does the tournament work? Like yeah. there's just so many things. Cause you come from club, you're just playing random games that don't mean anything mm -hmm. but state cup. Um, mm -hmm. But accomplished that goal. And then all four years, I think we went to the elite eight and then we won the national championship my sophomore year. And I think my, what would have been my junior year, I unenrolled from school. This speaks to how good our program was. Five of us, from my year went to the world cup, um, the U 20 world cup. So we were like not in school because they couldn't afford to like be, we're all on scholarship. Right. And right. then it's like, okay, you're not even going to play, which it was, it was totally the right decision from the coaches. There's that was, I mean, I don't even know what yeah. you could do, but we lived together in some girl's house. Like we were traveling around and all of us went to the world cup, which was huge for my growth during college, learning kind of how to be a pro while I was still in college. And, right. um, it was an amazing experience. And our coaches let us do that again, speaking to their character, like five players, like you're going to leave for a season. Like, yeah, go ahead, go do that because that's what you want to do. So, um, that was incredible. Like my whole time there was amazing. I had the high, obviously being the national championship, I would say. And, yeah. and also maybe my senior year, I, I recognized how much I had grown and I was captain at that point. So, I wouldn't say it was a high because it's a lot of like, I, I actually felt a lot of stress toward that. Cause you want to do um, the best you can for the team, even though it's not really on you, you feel that um, responsibility, but it was yeah, definitely you, cool. Yeah. It was definitely cool to see my growth and um, just like, look at the younger kids at that point I was married. So it's kind of funny. Like I'm just at this whole different stage of life. Mm -hmm. um, and I had my only low, I would say was just my, the year it was the high and the low. I, after my freshman year, we had this amazing strength coach, um, Greg, he pushed us so hard. He taught us our mentality. I think he's one of the biggest reasons why we did end up winning national championship. Just like he just taught us mentality and how to work hard, but right. we were doing so much stuff. Then in the off season, I went to Colorado and I ended up hurting. I got a stress fracture in my foot. And I was injured for the first part of my sophomore year. So that was a low in a sense that it was obviously a challenge. I, I wouldn't even say it was low because I had hope through it. I was active the whole time. And then I ended up fighting back during that season, getting my starting spot. And then we won an national championship. So it was actually awesome because it teaches yourself that, like, you can, you know, it's not a big deal. Like everyone's gonna have an injury. It's no big deal. Just how do you work through it? What's your mentality and go accomplish your goals and be a good teammate. You know, you right. can't just be like, Oh, what was me? It's like, no, I want the team to win when I'm not playing. I want our team to accomplish the goals. Of course I want to accomplish my own goals. So it's like that learning and growing as a person, which was like amazing, but maybe right. that's my only low, I would say. Well, and and to me, it's kind of like that movie. It's it's a movie with the perfect story where, you know, you go into yeah. with high expectations, then you get the stress fracture. There's the adversity, and it's like, oh man. Then you yes. use the Rocky theme song. You start. Yeah, you just pound You get ready. You get the spot mm -hmm. back. You climb up the hill, and then you go in the fight. Right. 
knock out Ivan Drago. Yeah, all is exactly. Right, all is right in the world. Yeah, so. it was amazing. It was a lot of fun. Yeah, that's why you just keep moving forward, you know? Yeah. You don't stop when something's – you just keep moving forward, and it was awesome. Taught me a lot about myself and a lot about how to just – like, just change my character in a good way, I guess. Mm -hmm. so. so after after college, you were then selected uh, by the Utah Royals FC, so – I, I guess this is where I, I start to get the goosebumps because I'm like, all right, talk me through draft day, the moment <laughs> you found out where you win the, the hot room and, you know, <laughs> with your family, did you know you were yeah. drafted? Did you have a party? Like, you know, what what, <laughs> what was all going on during that time? Yeah, that's, that's a good question. I, I was – hopeful that I'd get drafted. I think you never know because I've seen good players not get drafted. Yeah. I also was not like a highly, like I didn't have a lot of, what is it? Um, not rewards. Awards, awards. throughout college. Like these recogni huge recognitions. Yeah, yeah. I'm like outside awards. Yeah. I, I was a, I was an outside back. I didn't have like anything crazy. Of course, I think I, I believe that I was a great player. I went to the U21 cup. So I knew that I had, quality with anybody you just never know what people see and the draft is kind of like hey you know so I was hopeful but I didn't know I had a backup plan um not even a backup plan even if I got drafted I I was thinking about going overseas just because I want to get better as soon as possible and I know that I'm a technical player it might fit my style and then I can come back with something different and that hopefully would allow me to reach my goal so I was planning maybe to move to Germany and like it would have been 10 days after the draft like so it's kind of like, well, I'm either packing my bags and going yeah. or like, let's see. And my coach had been saying that Laura Harvey, the coach of the Utah Royals, is like one of the best, most well-respected coaches. And like, they might be interested in me. And she's like, if, if she, if you get picked by them, like, I think you should consider staying. And so I was like, okay, like, let's see about it. And then they had reached out and they said they kind of wanted, they wanted to pick me and another team also had reached out. And so I had that hope but again like you just don't know things happen on draft day right yep, trades yep, are happening yep, yep. so I literally I did not I did not go to Chicago I did not go to draft day I had class and then I was driving back like I sat I think I sat at a coffee shop with my friend and during the draft because I didn't want to watch it I was like I can't even watch this right now it's too scary like it's too stressful my husband Jason he was like on a plane somewhere um Is, was he still because for he was, wrestling he was flying yeah, so he was just he was like still, praying yep yeah he's still in pen yep because i graduated in in um december right mm -hmm. or january and he was had one more semester so he's like going to compete he's like well my wife's either going to germany in Goodbye. 10 days or she gets drafted she has to get drafted to the royals and then okay you know so i think i was just like driving home and I like knew Utah Worlds is up next. So I pulled off at a gas station. They, um, Scott called me the assistant coach right before I got drafted and say, Hey, we're picking you up right now. And I think I teared up a little bit, texted my parents. I was so happy. Like I was shocked that it worked out. So seemingly because it's just like anybody could have picked me up then. What if Scott right. Blue picks me up and then I'm like, I can't go there and I gotta go to Germany. So I was like, mm. all right. So that was amazing. But it's like also for kids and stuff like that, it's like 
it's not done when you're drafted because there's so much to be done then. You know, you have to show up. You didn't get signed. Yeah, you, you got to show up preseason. When you get drafted. Yeah, it just means like, hey, we, we want to check you out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. we're invested. We like you. Yep. Great. Okay, show up to preseason. Be fit. Prove yep. yourself. Get Then get a contract. So I was definitely happy, but like all things, like even when you accomplish your goal, there's always more like the next thing I'm like, I would like to think that I had confidence in myself that, you know, I'm a quality enough player to play in the pros and I don't want to just gra- get drafted. I want to start. I want to be this and that. So um, I was like very happy that I was staying in the States and that like that worked out. I felt like that was very much a God thing. And then I was like, okay, got to prepare. I think I trained that night. I called my coaches. We went in the facility cause I'm like, I gotta get going, you know, over on the side, on the side of the road when you got the news and it was just like, yeah. pastor here, we're doing it. Let's go. Let's start it. <laughs> exactly. I was so excited. Yeah. And I was like, okay, let's get after it now. Like let's yeah. show up and, and show them that like, I'm a good player, you know? Right. So, it was exciting. Are you a student that's struggling a little bit with the hybrid and virtual learning and looking to get just a little more help academically? Or are you a parent that has a child who's struggling to keep that same level of discipline and rigor that they had in the classroom at home? If any of these apply to you, check out No Stress Midwest Education, an academic tutoring service where we offer both in-person and virtual tutoring. One of the things that separates us from others is that all of our tutors are board certified educators in Kansas and Missouri in a variety of specialty topics and familiar with the latest curriculum in school districts around the metro area. We are passionate about helping students achieve their goals in the classroom and also committed to helping students build the necessary skills and tools they will need in the future to succeed on their own. Our team follows the latest guidelines from the CDC. We require masks for all in-person tutoring to protect both the student and the tutor. Our tutors will either travel to your home or meet at a predetermined location to conduct all in-person tutoring sessions. All we need is a space for learning and we're ready to go. At No Stress Midwest, we truly believe in developing the well-rounded student athlete. No Stress Midwest does not tell you what to think, but teaches you how to think. No Stress Midwest Education, an academic tutoring service. For more information, visit www.nostressmidwest.com backslash education. So yeah. you mentioned that, that Germany was on your mind. Um, yes. Did you have a lot of teammates, whether from Penn State or from the uh, youth national team, that, that made that decision to go over there? Or, like, how did you kind of come up right. with Germany? You know, were you going to go yeah. there by yourself? What was – how did that come about? I was speaking through my coaches to different teams. And, yes, I have played with um, people from different countries, but one of my teammates – um, Laura Fragging, she like stopped college halfway through, which was like funny because it's a very like European thing. Like in America, we think college is so important. Not necessarily that they don't, but it's different there. So yeah, like yeah. our coaches were like, Hey Laura, you gotta, you gotta stick it out. And she's like, no, nah, I just want to play soccer, you know? Yeah, and she's very good. So she's like, <laughs> yeah, this is it. <laughs> like I'm not doing spring season. I'm not going to lift and yeah. have regulations. Yeah. So she went back. 
And I think it was a really good decision for her. And she actually was on that team. So that would have been awesome. I wasn't going for her, but it just seemed that that was the contact. They were interested in me and another teammate. And so we're both looking to go over there. And um, I was like, all right, that's that's the opportunity. I've yeah. been in somewhere. I'm going to take that. We know that it's a good club. And that's that. Okay. All right. So instead, you were picked up by Utah. All right. So you're there. What was your rookie season like? And you said you, you started training and, you know, you kind of had to change, not change your mindset, but you're like, all right, hey, now it's time to, take it to yeah. the next level. So how did you mentally and physically prepare going into that preseason? Was it anything right. different than any of the seasons prior to at Penn State? Uh, what, what was that thought process like? And what was the rookie season like? You know, was it right. what you expected? Was the play fast? You know, they always say the every level up is, you know, a little level faster. Yeah. Harder, physical. Well, talk to me about all that stuff. That was a lot, I know. So just yeah, no, break it well, up as you can. I got gotcha. you. Um, no, I started – I was lucky enough, like, at Penn State, the men's coach, Jeff Cook, let me train with the boys' team. So that was huge. I don't think other girls had done that. I just reached out because I just thought, like, when I was young, why was I successful? I think it was huge help. Like, speed of play is quicker, mm -hmm. like – just the things that they do, like it just drives you to a no level. And I was like, okay. So I was part-time training with the boys. I was part-time training with the women's team. I was obviously, I had their lifting and running program, Utah Royals sent us. So I was following that to the T, which yeah. I learned that from national team camp. Like when we went to the U20s, like we had so much stuff and it was just homework that we had to do on our own. And I followed it diligently. And so did my teammates. So that really taught me how to like, it's just so much more personal responsibility as you become a professional. So yeah. Um, I just, yeah, I did all the things that I know how to do, worked hard, but I just used my resources well. And I was lucky that the coaches let me train with the boys team. So I felt like I went in very prepared. I was very fit. I was like, I could tell that I was training better. Even when we went back with the women, I was kind of like, dang, I should have done this two years ago. Like yeah. tried to, you know, not that you can really do that in college, but it was just, it's so important to like try to push yourself up into the next level. Like sometimes you're comfortable and you don't realize it and you're kind of just staying here instead of like, here. yes, just even though it's not an internal thing, like I don't think anybody that wants to be great goes out and says like, I'm just going to like take it easy this year. But it's right. natural that sometimes that happens because maybe you don't have a new challenge or you just got better at something and you're comfortable with that success. Right. But that's not I your felt like I going into it. Yes, yeah. it never is. But I think it's such a common theme that happens. And like your growth is kind of like this. It's not always like that, sure. right? You kind of plateau, like you learn something new, some new environment changes you. So sometimes from that experience, I realize it's really important to seek out new opportunities and like kind of constantly looking at yourself and how, how can I change something to be better? Because otherwise you might just be in that plateau state. So anyways, I felt like I grew a ton just in like those three months of off season going in to my professional career. So when I arrived, I felt very prepared. I was like anxious for sure, but I felt prepared. I knew that I did everything that I could. Um, Preseason was awesome. I felt confident that I was doing well, but 
even now how I felt about it in the moment, I feel differently now. I, I think when I look back, I like obviously needed to play quicker, right? Like there were things that I can see better that like, yeah, like the level was higher. I was like rushed to make decisions. So I couldn't yeah. make as good decisions. There's that, that moment where it's like, when you're not playing as fast, you can only contribute so much, but once you're at the speed, then you can be more of a creator, yeah, like more yep, of yep, yourself. Yep, yep, yep. So there's that hop. So it's definitely that's a good way. Pushed. That's a good way of putting it. That's a very good way of putting it. Yeah. Yeah. So. I was just, I was just being pushed above my level. So I was just making very basic decisions, but yep. like now you're my second year round, minimum just to stay, stay there. But then exactly. Yeah. What, what, Once you're in the flow, your dad, what was your quote your dad said about the tide? All boats rise with the tide. Yeah, yeah. So, I just, I was just trying to stay on that water line, and yeah. um, and then I think now this year, I I'm floating on the water, and I can like make um better decisions and be a creator for the team. Mm -hmm. Obviously, I have a lot to go, but so I went in and not as I expected because I got injured. I got my second. Uh, stress reaction, not even a fracture, but it was in my femurs, high in my legs. So that kind of killed a lot of my rookie season. I would say I was injured for the first half of it, like a, a ton of it. But I actually responded well. I had good character. I had good teammates that were around me. So it was not a waste. Like I was funny enough. I was better. Once I got uninjured at the back at half, I actually got a few minutes in one of the games. I was training more like myself. Yeah. I was floating so I could kind of like, you know, contribute. Yeah, and so yeah. I think over that injuries, like part, like Laura is such a great coach, so much film. And I was watching every practice. I like actually got so much better just because I was absorbing so many things and learning things mentally. So I was happy with that. I didn't expect that once I like got off crutches and things to be like moving so well and like right. have such a competitive attitude, but it like, re-sparked my love for the game the fact that I'm grateful to be there instead of just like wanting to be a starter wanting all these things like hey I'm so grateful to be alive I'm so glad I get to play the sport that I did since I was three yep, I'm getting paid like yep, yep. be grateful for the opportunity that you have and like we always want more that's great to be a competitor but it's so great to be present and to be um just understanding that you are blessed so I took all that in I yeah Absolutely. So I enjoyed the, the back half of my season so tremendously because I was able to play, learn a lot. Um, but I left with like a little bit of a bitter taste in my mouth because I'm like a stubborn person. Like truly I am. And I'm so competitive. Like if someone is like, you know, you had a good rookie season, like you did well for, and I'm like, no, I didn't reach my goals. Like I'm not good. Like I'm sitting on the bench, you know, like how could you say those things? You know, like that's, totally how I felt in my heart like very bitter about it and super disappointed because I believe in myself and the goals that I have like I don't want to just be like a floater and you know mm. being on the bench I want to be the best player on the field yeah. like I these are my goals and I'm sure yeah. like okay pipe down Maddie that's that's who I am in my heart so um but now two years later I have that perspective like hey you you know like you have a lot to do like you have a lot to grow and as I form better relationships with older people on the team, as I truly like sink into the game, I understand there's so much I don't know. There's so much to grow. And I have more of like a humble, grateful mindset and still chasing, like still with that drive and the hope and the belief in myself. So right. I have a better, well-rounded understanding of what happened my first year 
I'm proud of all the things I did to prepare. I'm proud of my character throughout. I put mm. everything into it. I'm grateful for the opportunity. And now I can like continue Go to on. chip away at my goals. Yeah. So, well, and, and a few things I want to kind of talk about, uh, Please. to just from back in. So the most recent part on, so right there, staying humble, staying appreciative, mm -hmm. but staying hungry. Um, and, yeah. and what I totally. use, stay hungry, stay humble, don't let the pie crumble. And it's, <laughs> I love that. You, know, you want to, as a competitor, and I think watching The Last Dance by uh, on MJ, oh. it, it really brought out something that I saw myself doing subconsciously that he would do is he would pick fights like in his head. In his mind. Um, you know, with mm -hmm. like, man, this person Personal. thinks I'm a punk. So I got to come out. I got to show him I ain't no punk. I'm going to freaking drop 50 yes. points on, you know, and, and it's finding yes. whatever that little edge is that you need to create totally. to push you to want to do that extra, you know, yes. rep, that extra down and back, that extra 2040, yes. that extra, you know, beep when mm. you're doing the beep test. So I thought that that was very, very in interesting to, to see and to hear that with competitors, we all have that, that thing in us that, that tick that we've got mm -hmm. to, we've got to turn on to get us into that extra, that extra mode. Um, Absolutely. But then also, I think something you said that was really important that I wanted to bring attention to for the younger listeners and um, was when you said you got injured, right? And, and a lot of people can look at that. You come in as a rookie and you get injured during preseason, you're bummed, you're, you're down on yourself. But you said something that stuck out was that you started watching film and you started mm -hmm. watching training from a different view, from the coach's view, right? From the sideline, you're watching mm -hmm. maybe even from the bird's eye view yeah. and stand. And when you're watching film, you've got more time to mm -hmm. learn and to understand and not just go out and do and do and mm -hmm. go back to old habits. You, you get to learn from the game and get better. So then yeah. once you get on the field, now your soccer IQ has gone up 25 points, although you're physically, you haven't played yet, but that comes right. That, yes. That's just repetition of going to the gym and connecting those passes, but the soccer yes. IQ, that doesn't come like that. So no, it's that's big. Yes, absolutely. I'm such, I think that's a big transition from when you're young. The best way to get better when you're young is to do more. It's like a hundred percent. It's, and it's the simplest thing in your mind too. Like, how am I going to, like, that was always my thing. How am I going to be better than people? I have to do more. Like there's absolutely no way. Like if I train all these hours that like, you're going to be better than me. And that's kind of yep. true when you're yep. young. It's like, be on the ball as you get older. Like, obviously my two injuries have been stress things. It's, I'm always trying to do more. So yeah. I've learned so much. Like it's, it's a mind body connection, soccer and being elite. Like there's amazing players that are older in the game, like the best in the world peak at a certain age. And it's like, it's, it's like when this is just like beyond other people, like yeah. The, yeah. the understanding of what's happening on the field and how to unlock things is a puzzle. So that's a huge thing, a huge thing in my development this year and last year is watching soccer, like being in love with the game, which is mm -hmm. a shame Certainly. that I wasn't 
at a younger age. Yep. It's, it's studying and it's, you know, getting in those, yeah. those hours of, it's like, I tell my kids, you're not going to get better at geometry by, by practicing um, like German. You're going to get better at geometry by, by doing geometry. You get better at soccer, not by playing basketball. Mm -hmm. You get better at soccer by watching it, by playing it, by understanding. <laughs> yeah. um, Absolutely. So, so yeah, I, I think that. And it's new ideas too. Like yep. if I just watch, oh, sorry. I think. No, no, go ahead. Go ahead. Can you hear me well? Yeah, I can. Oh. Sorry. Sorry. I was just thinking that like if you're watching players that aren't very good, like or I'm just watching kids my age, like the only ideas in my head are those things that my coach showed me and other players are displaying. Mm -hmm. And then every once in a while you have your own creativity. But like if I'm watching the best players in the world, that's where my mind goes. Like what did he do in that game? Like, oh, this is how it looks. Like just yep. even the movement of the ball, the movement of the players, you're absorbing so much without recognizing it. So just there, yeah, there's you can't substitute hours and hours of watching top level soccer. And you're like, how did he even think about that? Oh, shoot. Right. Now your brain has been opened up to something that you never even thought possible, but you see them do it. Absolutely. So you're like, oh, well, they can do it. Um, you know, yes. I, I think someone like, like Zlatan, for example, who's like, you know, in his late 30s, if not like his 40s, possibly. I don't know. Zlatan's old. But yeah. he's so, but he's playing it at, at the highest level, and he's performing in in a way that no one can. And I think that's yep. where that IQ comes in. When let's say you know you're not as fast as someone, so then you have to think, okay, how can I beat them by not relying on speed? Or if I know this yes. person is stronger than me, how do I beat them by not making a fifty fifty ball or not putting myself exactly. in a position? So how do I move off the ball right now just so I can get into this person? You know, it's and that's yes. what's so beautiful about the game is that it just keeps evolving as you can keep evolving. Um, yes, and absolutely. you just get in different different levels to it. Yeah, it's and it's funny, you can't even understand what you don't know until you see some like something or someone tell you, like, did you see this? It's sh like, it's shocking. I was watching tons of film this year with a girl, Vera Baquette. She's like one of the best soccer players in the world and so intelligent. And I always thought like, I'm an intelligent soccer player. Like when we watch film, I am shocked at some of the things that she brings up or thinks about. Like she'll just point out something really small. And I'm like that. It makes such a huge so difference in the game Yep. and so much sense. But it's like, I don't know. That's just years and years of playing the game and watching the game. And um, it's really important to have people around you to push you when you're watching, to show you different things that you might not even recognize. You don't know. Right. And it counts so much. So please, if you're younger, watch soccer. It, it's so much fun. It develops your love for the game. And like, it is way more important than you realize. It's just as important as being on the ball, practicing. Watch, watch soccer. You heard it. You heard her say it. <laughs> Believe it or not, I, I used to coach club and the team I had, I made, this is, it's, I, I'm glad I did it, but I made the team watch two soccer games a month. Oh, this I love team, that. And they had to write a report. One <laughs> report was on, uh, for one game and it was on their position player. 
So if they were a center mid and they watched, you know, the German national team, right? They're maybe watching Schleinsteiger or Miller, if he's playing in there, whatever. And they have to write a one-page article just on how he moved, where he oh. ran, what oh. what type of passes he was doing, what was he doing defensively, where was oh, he cool. all this. And then the other report was just on the game in general. I was like, don't tell me who scores. I don't care about that. But what were the, the trends you saw? Were there a lot of attacks out wide? Was it up the middle? Could they finish? Could they, are they playing it out the back, et cetera? Totally. And I had parents complain to me that I was making their kid do extra work off the soccer field. And, and I just remember, <laughs> like, getting those emails. I was like, this is what's wrong with, crazy. with soccer here. America. I like, watch <laughs> soccer, and you're telling me, oh, no, they could be doing other stuff. You're giving them extra. Yeah, they can. You can decide what you want to do. Exactly. Right? It's, it's crazy. <laughs> that's funny. Crazy. No, that's a great idea. I love that. Um, but, yeah, so, all right, so first season was done. We're now – we were – in the second season's over with now, sure. um, we had COVID in the middle of it. We had the Challenge Cup. Wow. We had uh, the, the restart games. I don't know if there was an official name for those group games after, but what was, what was the season like for 2020? And wow, can we be done with it already? Goodness. Yeah. I know. I, and I think it's just going to keep going. It's going to keep rolling. We're going to have to adapt as people here. Um, yeah. But the season is so hard to even like, I can't even believe that all happened. We reported late February had one day of preseason meet the team new coach. And then they're like, Hey, after we run our, te- our physical fitness test, you know, then we have one day of five and fives. They're like, don't come in tomorrow. One of the Utah Jazz players has contracted COVID. Oh man! Like, okay. Yeah. Oh, that yes. was Utah. Yeah. That was us. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I so we're like, oh, geez, and uh, that's not good, you know. And then they like pushed it back to a week, and then it was like next week they were like, okay, maybe another week, and then it was like a month, and obviously things are coming out like the whole world is understanding, yeah. like, okay, this is a big deal. And at some point there, it was like players were fighting, like, okay, if you just keep pushing us back, like we have kids from overseas, are we going to get stuck here? Are we not going to have a season? Definitely felt very much like we weren't going to have a season Mm -hmm. during that time. Everybody's doing workout stuff, like at random parks, things Mm -hmm. are getting closed down. Then we're just on the streets running. Um, My teammate, we have funny, we have four Penn Staters there on the rails. So we were all trained together. We were like hanging out, playing cards every day, yeah. going to random high schools. We had a bag of balls, just like putting together sessions. Um, so that was very funny and interesting. Um, ended up like, okay, yeah, we're going to have a month for sure. I went home. I'm like building a fire pit, remodeling my home, like training out here, just doing, I'm going to move back a second. Just doing goofy stuff. And um, then they're like, hey, yeah, I think we're going to have a, a challenge cup. And I'm like, is this a joke? Like, this right. certainly can't be real. Like, you just don't think, like, if the world, everything is being locked down. Like, we're, I'm seeing people that are, my old teammates are in different countries in full lockdown. Like, can't uh-huh. leave their apartments. Yep. No way. Yep. And then, yes, we're going to have a challenge cup. 
So we all come back. I drive across the country like 32 hours or something from Pennsylvania to Utah because you can't fly. Because wasn't know? it in Utah? What, didn't they, like all the, the people went there, right? Yes, thank you for bringing me to the point. So okay. they the ch this Challenge Cup is going to be a month long. It's going to be in Utah where I'm from. So ble huge blessing. I can't imagine being another team. They announced it. We're having these huge um, league wide calls with doctors, things like that, like explaining how it's going to work. You have the option to partake in it or not. You will get paid, da, 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 all the regulations. But simply, like, we'll have a month preseason in your home markets. If your home market was unsafe, then they, like, relocated. So I think – I don't know if Portland was in Montana or something. Yeah. But some teams were training. That was a very sketchy period, though, because – so, like I said, I drive across. And now yeah. we're in our home place. And we're doing like small group trainings, then eventually full team training. But it was like not everybody was fully quarantined. So you're still going to the grocery store. It was like a very interesting time. Yeah. Orlando actually ends up getting out of the tournament. A girl contracts it and then six other people get it. So that was unfortunate for the team. But it was very much like any team could have had that happen. Yeah, for sure. Teams fly into market. Yeah. Teams fly into market and then they have like hotels on full lockdown. It was like a, a, a bubble, Olympic bubble yeah. almost, which was awesome. They did an amazing job. Lisa Baird, who was like uh, the head of the enemy stuff, she like really did a phenomenal job at the tournament. Um, we have, is it five games or something? Um, but it was an awesome, like to me, it was awesome as like a younger player. Yeah. Wanting to get time and minutes. It was huge because – there was an opportunity to do so. We had we're allowed five subs because they were concerned about injuries For and things. Sure, yeah. So yeah. I ended up playing in two games, like like a little over half each game, and I was playing as a center mid. So oh, that was really fun. Yeah. It was like a throwback. Yeah. I hadn't done that since I was young, um, but I'm a technical player. I'm trying to figure out my jam in the NWSL because it's so much rely on physical ability, and it's not yeah. that I'm like slow, but I'm not um, Kristen Press or like you know. I, that's just not my my yeah. game. So I was like very grateful to get to play center mid. I thought I did pretty well. Um, and our team, like I think at the end of the day, everyone was so happy we got to play for all that we went through. So many people had to stay. I got to go home. But people were just like locked in their apartments and goofy stuff like that. So um, now when when the Challenge Cup was going yeah. on, were the your team – could you stay at your own place or did you have to go into a bubble, like a little quarantine? Yeah, we were blessed. We stayed in oh, our apartments. Man. Like our team was so happy. Oh, we were like, wow. please don't make me go because like the hotels had things like you couldn't leave your floor. You couldn't enter anybody's room. Mm -hmm. There was like so mm -hmm. many regulations. Um, but we got to stay in our apartments. The rules were that we, they took our cars away from us, which is kind of funny. And what? So we had, yeah, so we had vans, like, you had to, like, be in your specific van that you had, like, wearing a mask, we couldn't, like, shower at the place, we had boxed meals, which was actually wonderful, and we could do Whole Foods orders to our home, so that was it, um, but, like, yeah, we were by far the team that lucked out the most, like, didn't have to relocate, we're not staying in a hotel, and it was awesome, every team had access to go to all the games, so it was, it was kind of fun, like, while the world is like on lockdown and people can't work, we're working. We're gonna play, yeah. even though we don't have fans really. But we could be the fans in the stands. So we yep. go to every game, like sit in the stands, watch games. There's always a game being played. 
it was it was actually awesome. So I think people really enjoyed the Challenge Cup, and it was it was great for my growth. And I think some of the other younger players for sure, because you had you had people that were playing that normally wouldn't be, you know, getting an opportunity potentially. So I mm-hmm. think that was like a huge blessing in disguise for this year. I would say. Okay, uh, that's cool. Yeah, I, I just remember seeing right that every season was canceled right after the NBA. <laughs> I mean, it was like the NBA started it, and that was the fastest domino I've ever seen. Um, and then now every country. And every league is working on its own, independent, to create, you know, something for them to come back. So it was very cool to see how each league did it. And I believe the NWSL, I think I saw a tweet. Right. The first, the first league to the American League to get the bubble going. Yes, sir. And finish it out. Yes. Started something that was the first yes. league to do it. So. I thought it's mad it was props. the first league. Yeah, that's mad props to them for Thank you. pulling that off, especially with the. It was huge. What? Oh, I just said it was huge. Oh, huge. It was yeah. awesome because of viewership too. Yep. Like yep. there was so much like attention on us because nothing else is going on. So it was awesome for women's sport in general and awesome for women's soccer in the NWSL. I, I'm very grateful for that. And like I said, I did not even personally think that would happen. So right. I think it was probably a shock to most people that that games would be played in school. Are you ready to take your game to the next level? Trust the process and sign up for No Stress Midwest training today at www.nostressmidwest.com slash training. No Stress Midwest primarily offers training for soccer players on the individual, group, and team settings of all ages and skill sets. Our training is customized for the player, and our goal in doing that is to continue to grow the love of the game, build a personal desire to want to develop, and create the chance and choice for the player to play at the next level. We have developed a unique solution here at No Stress Midwest Training, showing our clients that you can have fun while still getting better. By creating a unique training environment customized to the player, we feel that not only are we able to get the most out of the individual by creating a no stress environment, but we are also teaching them fundamentals that they can carry off the field and apply in their everyday life. Visit our website at www.nostressmidwest.com backslash training and sign up for your first session today. So now the, the season's over. You're back back home. Um, it was in Pennsylvania. And you're telling me you have your like end of season off-board meeting coming up next week. So... What does mentally, right, and uh, what does it look like getting ready for next season? Um, Is it the same kind of training that you're doing from the past? Uh, Has COVID affected that? What's uh, How how are you getting ready for it? Good question. COVID is definitely going to be affecting it because I assume, like, with the winter months, being able to get into an indoor facility is going to be very difficult. And also, I just talked with my college coach. She said, like, I, I won't be approved to practice with the team. 
So I'm like, oh, geez, like I can sneak on the fields, but that's not going to be like a sustainable mm -hmm. approach. Um, but because of um, my connections from the U20 team, a girl, Casey Murphy, who plays for Seattle, she went to Rutgers. She's based out of New Jersey. She, our, one of our last games here after the tournament, she was like, yeah, I have a really awesome training group in New Jersey. Like, let me know. So I just texted her today, and it sounds like they pretty much – it's a group of different girls from the NWSL and some MLS guys okay. who do, like, a bunch of fitness stuff but also play at least pick up twice a week. So I'm going to be in New Jersey or something. I'm going to be traveling a lot. And okay. I got to get creative. I think I am going to work with my coaches. So I don't know what it's going to look like. I know it'll be interesting, but like at least this time around, I feel super refreshed from the season because it's mm -hmm. been so odd. It hasn't been like pressed through for eight months. So I feel like extremely refreshed. And like my love for the game is personally at an all time high. I've never enjoyed soccer more than I do now. Like, yeah. which is funny. Like, I love that I get to play soccer. Like I want to do it until I cannot walk. Like I I'm so grateful. I get to play it and get paid for it. And it's just to me insane. Like actually I feel overjoyed about it. So I'm excited to in whatever way that I find creatively yeah. to um, work on the things that I believe I need to work on and train with the people I need to train with. I obviously have like, notepads and I'm talking to coaches about things I want to develop so I'm going to do all those things but I could not be more excited to get after it I'll be obviously in the weight room and running but more so than anything watching a ton of soccer yeah. and specifically getting better at the things that I think you know what hey I think this is will make a huge difference in my game so I'm excited I cannot wait for off season which well, I've, I've just begun I um so I'm I'll be back home in in Jersey actually during this winter time so I'll I'll text you to Stop see it. if we're, if we're <laughs> at the same time uh, I'll have to to try well, let's get it yeah yes absolutely some, uh, some no stress Midwest training oh I love that I didn't realize yeah um well so, you're my guy uh, then <laughs> yeah we'll we'll do it we'll talk all after this for sure okay absolutely um, all right so. That's kind of the Maddie story up to this point. Now, there are some generic questions that have sure. been submitted from uh, some, some of the younger teams I coach. I've got a 10 team up to like you 14 girls, and they've That's submitted awesome. a ton of questions. Um, these are meant to be kind of fast-paced, so I don't want too much okay. thought, but there's some serious questions here, all right? Okay. So um, – Let's see, what would you be doing if you weren't a soccer player? I hope I would not be doing a nine-to-five. I hope I would do something creative, maybe be a business owner, own a coffee shop. I would love to be a singer. I can't, I can't do that. Um, but not a nine-to-five. That's all I know. I wouldn't be doing a nine-to-five, something creative. Can you sing? That's the question. I can sing in the shower. Okay. That's about it. That's it. All right, <laughs> you that's know, not good enough to, you know what I mean? Okay. So yeah. probably not as professional singer, but that's, that's, <laughs> uh, so how old were you? Would you, would you say when you knew you wanted to be a pro soccer player? Like, let's just say six, like six. from as young as I can remember it, maybe not when I first touched the ball, but like but the probably always was like, the yeah, for sure. Touched it. First but the second time. Bad. Second touch, you're like, oh, I got it. This is it. I got this it. This is it. <laughs> I'm making it. I'm just kidding. I love yeah, it. Yeah, I think from what I can remember. Okay. 
who, if, if you could put it to one person, um, would you like to thank for helping you get to where you are? Oh, that makes me want to cry or something. Uh, I would probably say my parents for sure. I just can't not. I mean, I know that there were so many coaches and things, but my parents, it's like truly your internal thing. I think that makes you good at something. So like their moral values and like their drive, how my parents work so hard, their passion for things that they do, Mm. like in my opinion, bleeds into anything. So if I was like an accountant or a nurse or whatever, think I would be good at it because like internally they taught me to like enjoy it you know to be grateful for the things that you have and to work super super hard like I wasn't gonna go to practice and not give it my all or like if I was gonna play soccer I wasn't gonna not do extra so I can thank my parents and all the sacrifices that they made like hands down I'm so grateful thank you mom and dad I love you so much um I know that they were the reason that I, I get to play now. So. so I'm picturing Maddie, I'm picturing you being an accountant and what that drive, how do you get yourself, <laughs> how do you get yourself going to punching those numbers on the keyboard? What, <laughs> what is it? That, That's a great question. I was saying it because my dad's an accountant and like he goes hard. I don't know. Like he's, he would be in there until 10, 11, whatever he needs to do. I just think it's like, it's just like school or something. Like it's yeah. not the most fun work, but like, you want to be good for your coworkers. You want to you be good do for your it. Yeah, like, You want to be done. the person on the job. So I would be getting my coffee, rolling in in the morning, crunching numbers, trying to do the extra thing. <laughs> I'm glad I don't have to do that though. <laughs> <laughs> so, all right. Were you, were you a good soccer player in third grade? I, I was. I definitely was, I think. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I, oh, it. yeah. <laughs> um. What what's a, a pregame meal? What do you eat before a game? And and big big question here. Sure. Is, is it okay to include ice cream in that pregame meal? No, you cannot have ice cream before a game. You can All have right. it after though. No I'm ice cream. I'm not gonna put any put No ice cream before. After. I don't have a after. Absolutely right. sugar, fat, protein, perfect. Right. I'm a nutrition major, but um, you know, I don't have any any like routine necessarily other than that I always have a good carb a little protein not a lot of fat okay. and I eat a lot before a game and a lot of water a lot of water that's big um so this was a, a very serious question too that was asked but cereal okay. do you put do you put uh <laughs> cereal in the bowl before the milk or after before 100% you put the cereal in, then you pour the milk Over because top. if you don't you're a weirdo and yeah. no one's gonna be your friend and it's not gonna taste very good I wouldn't think no well and and I told one of my kids today I was like if you see someone do that at school you got to sit at another table yeah if you're you not that, yeah there's something <laughs> there's something that's, that's not right there yeah that was a very important question on this podcast I think that's yeah thank you for asking uh, and of course. So what is your best memory from soccer or of soccer? Best memory of soccer. Oh, um, I, I think actually going to the U20 World Cup, I remember we got kicked out of the tournament, like in the quarterfinals to North Korea DPR. But I remember watching the finals. It was France and North Korea DPR. It wasn't even when I was playing, but I remember the French crowd, like with like, um, drums and the entire stadium was filled. It was in Papua New Guinea 
and like just appreciating the game yeah. and the fact that I was there, like soccer had brought me to that country mm-hmm. and it brings people together. I just remember that, that and probably the national championship winning that just accomplishing that goal. It was like, those are kind of hand in hand with like the love of the game and what it brings for people. So those are good memories. Okay, I love it. Um, and then let's see, final question. What kind of goals do you set for yourself every season? And how do you come to pick them? Oh, good question. I think I always have those strong, like um, my bigger goals, like almost as pillars the same, like, right. I want to be on the national team. I want to be, so then you break it down. I want to be a starter in the NWSL or I want to be one of the best players in the NHL. And then I want to be a starter. So like, where am I now? Like, I didn't get minutes in these last four games, but I got minutes in the Challenge Cup. So I want to start to get, like, to be, like, at least a 30-minute player. So, like, then I back it up and I think, like, what is it about me that is preventing me from being on the field or what would allow me to be on the field? I think um, I think I'm a technical player, but I think um, potentially I need, need to, like, be, be a six they're looking at me as a center midfielder so like right now I want to watch a lot of film with my coaches from Penn State on just like the movements of midfielders since I haven't done that so long obviously I know there there's so much to learn there so I think a lot of mental training this offseason yeah to be able to break the game down because I think physically I could play there technically but I need better ideas and or like as a winger I need to be awesome at 1v1 defending because I'm not a super fast player so I can never let anybody beat me. And I think I need to be more dangerous. Like, great if I can connect, but can I, like, crush teams? Can I cut someone apart? Can I be a a weapon that, like, someone puts me in the game and I think we might – she might have, like, a great service. I think I have a good service, but can I be lethal with it? Can I get in 2v1 situations or 1v1 situations and people think, you know what, that's going to be so dangerous if we put her on the field. So I think those are the things, like, to crank over to make me on the – put me on the field so um that's hard but I always evaluate with my coaches like with teammates and try to have like a good open mind about really who I am as a player and not be like so like you got to believe in yourself but then you also have to be like a critic like of yourself and think Mm -hmm. okay like truly why am I not playing or what is it that could make me spill into like yeah let's put her on the field or whatever yep so and and i think being able to take criticism like that from other people your peers your coaches um is big and and i had a conversation with my high school team yesterday about this is you know when we're criticizing you it's not because like we think you suck it's because like we know that you know how to do the good stuff right we're not telling you hey good job on on passing like we know you can do that but what can we get you to change to take you from here to there? And I think yes. that the players that want to get there and make that jump have to be open yeah. to hearing it from other people and say, yes. you know, but then at the same time, knowing that everything that comes at you isn't necessarily true, right? Like yes. saying like, oh man, I just don't think you have a good left foot. And you're like, nah, I think my left foot's chill. You just haven't seen it. And then it's like, okay. Yeah. I know that they might say that. You don't say that back to them, but you're, okay, I hear you, but I'm okay with yeah, that. You, you, know? you have to have, like, a filter on yourself, yeah. like, what yeah. you take in. And I think it's, like, yeah. guarding your confidence, too. Like, mm-hmm. I want to take in as much information as possible. But sometimes you don't almost need, like, at all, or you, you kind of, like, 
compartmentalize it. Like, okay, yeah, like, yep, what yep. could I actually change about what exactly, they just said? Yeah, yeah. Like, all right, I know that so, I'm not fast. Well, I'm not going to get fast before the next game. So, yeah, that's just kind of put off. How can I look fast on the field? Right. I got to be in a great position. Or, you know what? That she actually doesn't know. I don't trust that person, but I yeah. trust this person. What are they really saying? So, yeah, it's definitely a balance. But I think that's one of the things this year. I, I just want to say this that. I've really grown into is like appreciating people's directness. I think there's this girl on the team, Lola Bonta, which um, she's awesome. And she's so direct on the field. She's one of the best five and five players, but she calls people stuff out. And she's like, I absolutely love that. I've always been a person that's pretty thoughtful and not that I'm not direct. I'm informational based, but something I want to add is just helping people grow by being direct with my words. Like she'll tell me if it's not good enough or help me raise into another level. And it's not personal. It is strictly business. let's be yeah. great. It's yeah. business. And I love that about her personality and several others on our team and something that I'm learning to grow with. Cause it's like, ultimately I want to be the best version of myself. Like how do I get better? Like I need someone to tell me something to change something. I need to recognize something so I can change it. So yep. I value so much now in my career, like people that actually tell you what's straight true up. And yeah. Straight and up. You're not getting any better straight. by like being told lies. Yeah. Right. Life, yeah. Like, Oh yeah, you're good. Life isn't like that anymore. Yeah. You know? Yeah. It's yeah, not, absolutely. That's just, that's how it is. Yeah. All right. Absolutely. So, Maddie, I, I want to say that this brings us to the end, but there's still still one more one more thing we're missing, and okay. it's uh, Dream Five aside, okay? So okay. <laughs> now, now for the, the people listening, um, Maddie's going to have to pick two teams, right? She's going to pick one team of her plus four people that she's ever played with. So anyone from... Her, you know, it could be her brother from her younger club days all the way up to someone now who she plays with. And then the Shoot. other is going to be um, a dream team. So her plus four people, anyone that she'd like to play with. Uh, so we kind of talked to Maddie about that a little bit, but I see she's got a look of. <laughs> <laughs> I just think about it like when I open that vase, I'm like, Oh, all the people that I've played with. All, but I, 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 I can do it. I'll put a few down. All right. So we've got we've got Maddie. We'll do do you wanna do who you played with or do you wanna do the dream one first? I'll go play with first. All right. Let's hear it. For keeper, one hundred percent Britt Eckerstrom. She plays for um Portland right now. She the was Brit? a Sun Stater. Britt Eckerstrom. Okay. She um is unbelievable and it's her attitude like I wouldn't say she had always been like the best keeper in the world but like she has such a growth mindset she makes a difference because of her voice and like her energy she was our keeper when we won the national championship um so and she had like an amazing tournament the starting keeper um for Portland like got hurt during the challenge cup and then Britt had like an unbelievable game against North Carolina got a tons of attention from people which is so well deserved but I would love for her to be my keeper, hands right. down. So you got Britt and keep. All right. Penn Britt's State. my keeper. Yes. And another Penn Stater, I would like to play with Mal Weber. Uh, she was my right winger in college. And then she also is now plays for the Utah Rose. She's um, starting at left outside back right now. But she's like, like, yeah. She's a grinder. She's great both sides of the ball. Um, Lola Bonta, 100%. It's easy. This isn't fair because it's a bunch of my teammates, but it's just true. Like 
Lowe's the best person to play 5v5 with because she's back and forth. Both sides of the ball can finish. She's going to defend hard. She does um, well. Does she say, play goal? Does she she throws plays goalie too? If we need, and she's got to. And she, she has it? to. I love it. <laughs> yes, um, Becky Sauerbrunn for for holding it down in the back. She's unbelievable. I only got to play with her one year, um, but she's very good. We played a five v five tournament like olders versus youngers last year, and she like <laughs> she was really good in the game. But it was just funny because. I think she was playing the youngers and like she smashed like a goal from the back. And I was just like, this thing, like, I think we lost. I was so <laughs> upset. I was terribly upset, but it was awesome. So is that four? That's four. So am I good on that? Or do I need on one, that one All right. So now the dream, okay. dream team. And I know this is so bad. Cause like real, like there's a million people you could play with. So oh, dream team. Yeah. Yeah, don't don't. I want it's like it's like the top. Now, did you have? I might be dating myself, but did you have like MySpace when you had to create a top eight? Did you have to do that? Oh, I didn't have MySpace. Oh, my brother okay. had it. <laughs> so you, you had to do this thing a top eight, and like you put it on your profile, and you could put whoever you wanted on your page. But man, the controversy that that thing dug up when you were like someone's, you weren't on someone's top eight, but they were on yours. And it's like, aggressive, were, yeah. Oh man, if you were number one and they were number two, they're like, "Yo, so what's up with that? You don't like me as much?" It was it's bad. Tough. So don't, oh, don't yeah. feel too bad. We made it through yeah, that. Yeah, actually. And I was saying to you earlier, like five v five is a different game. It's not eleven. Mm -hmm. Like I don't need a fast forward. Like I need everybody can play. Like you need technical players. You need gritty players that mark. Yep. And like body people, and you need finishers. So yep. it's like that's yep. what you need. You need uh all that. So. All right, team, so I, I would like to pull out Hope Solo. Man, that's the second the time. Second time she's, really? she's two for two. I love it. I, I know that might be like cheesy, but I think she would be a beast, and it would be really fun to see Hope her. Hope Solo is a G. Um, she's one of my favorite goalies ever to watch. She was she was yeah. a G. All right, Very so you got Hope Solo. Yeah, she, like, that's a good way to put it. Hope Solo, Sam Kerr, she's a monster, I mm -hmm. I believe, and mm -hmm. I've never played with her. I've only watched her play, um, but would love love for that to happen. Mm -hmm. um, Mal Pugh, I played okay. with her in the U20 World Cup, and I, I think it would be fun to play five-a-side with her. Um, I was going to say Rachel Daly. She's quite the character, but I think she's, like, a very, very good player um, and would be awesome in 5v5. She's hands down and then do i need one more so you're you're at four now in season one some of the some of the other people benched themselves and took over a manager role and brought on another <laughs> person to, as as five so you can keep okay going. let me bench myself okay taking the manager <laughs> role all right um i was gonna say throw in there rachel corsi she's a player that doesn't get like she gets recognition. She's on um, uh, Scottish national team or Scotland's national team, but she yeah. is like a center back. You need someone that's holding down the fort, and she's super cheeky and intelligent. She can finish and defend, and she's very, very good. So I'm going to put Corsi in there. All right, so we've got our team set. Now what I'm going to do is once I get everyone's five aside, I'll, I'll post them together, and I like to just look <laughs> at it to see who's, who's going to I love that. 
you know, and I'm taking bets, you know, for the degenerates that are out there that love betting. They oh my gosh. I love that. Um, so, I love that. So Maddie, I wanted to, to thank you so much um, for being a guest on, on the podcast. I was really excited. Uh, the you. first time we chatted like a few months ago and just, you were so, so happy and, 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 and cheerful. <laughs> I I like, oh man. I was like, Maddie's going to be fun. Um, so I'm really happy that we were able to do this. Uh, and I think the questions you, you made it through pretty good. The serial question I was worried about a bit just because, you know, yeah. it would have been an awkward interview after that. It's scary. Yeah. So you passed. We would have um, had to end it. Yeah. So thank you for, for, for being on, um, any final things that, that you'd like to say to, to end it with? I just, no, I just want to thank you for having me. I think like talking about my sport and my like career, like inspires me. It reminds me why I do it. And it gets me really excited about getting better in training. So I'm really grateful for the podcast. I hope people enjoy it. Um, and maybe there's something in there for somebody. So yeah, thank you very, very much. I appreciate it a lot. Boom. You're welcome. Maddie Nolf with the Utah uh, Royals FC, everyone. Uh, thank you for listening. This is Brian Turner. We're wrapping up uh, episode two, season two of the No Stress Midwest podcast. Everyone have a good one and we'll see you later.